Alright guys, we just having a little technical problem, but uh, we're going to go ahead on and just start. And uh, we're going to have to work on my phone. Uh, but it's all good. You know, the devil is always busy. And so we just want to uh, finish up uh, this final principle uh, that we uh, got done, which is we've been talking about what to do when you're going through. And uh, naturally, this is the last session. This is principle number 10. And we uh, had penned out 10 practical principles for living by faith. If you've been keeping up with us, we've been done through nine already. So now we're gonna try to wrap it up and finish up with principle number 10. Uh, let me just tell you, what the nine is right quick, and then I'll uh, divulge what 10 is. We started off with number one, uh, trust in the Lord. And then we went to principle number two, which talks about commit to living by the word of God. Principle number three says pray without ceasing. Principle number four, change your focus. Principle number five is identify your role. Principle number six is make necessary adjustment. Principle number seven is commit to the task. Principle number eight is wait on the Lord. And last one we did last week was principle number nine, which is monitor your attitude. Well, today we want to do principle number 10, which is stay constant, stay constant. All right, uh, I'm going to start. We got a scripture. I'm going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to read Galatians, the 6th chapter, 7 through 9. Galatians, 6th chapter, 7 through 9. And there is some supporting scriptures and the supporting scriptures are Hebrews 10, 35 through 37, and 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse number 58. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to come back and attempt to rightly divide the word of God. Amen? Amen. Father, right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, God, I thank you for who you are always, God and what you mean to us in our lives, God. I thank you for all that you do in spite of us, oh God. You are always good. And we just thank you, God. And as we uh, pray for this Bible study tonight, God, we pray that the people would be blessed by this word, oh God, and that they would adhere to it and be able to hear and see and go ahead and have an epiphany, God, to know that you are just God, true God, God, and we thank you for this time. Now, God, as we talk about principle number 10, we want to talk about staying constant in our faith and our walk with you. Now, God, we trust you and we look to you. Bless this, our time together, in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 eight and nine. Verse seven, eight and nine. Listen to what Galatians six chapter say. 
beginning at verse number seven. And here it goes. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And verse 9 said, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. Amen. Now we want to dissect this thing, if you will. Principle number 10. Stand constant. I shared this story for nine weeks, and I'll say it one more time. Uh, a long time ago, a young lady in the ministry asked me, Pastor Foy, what do a person do when they're in the midst of the storm going through? And uh, she caught me off guard, I have to admit, but she forced me to think about it and put some careful thought into it and while putting careful thought into it, God had revealed some things to me. And I really appreciate what he done. So here in principle number 10, we talk about staying constant. Uh, verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The word deceive literally means to convince oneself of something that is not true or to be misled or tricked. And when it talks about God is not mocked, the word mocked uh, literally means to be ridiculed, scorned, or taunted, to be treated with contempt or disrespect. Can you imagine anybody disrespecting God? But there are people that do so. Alright, scripture talks about for whatsoever a man sows. Uh, sow means to plant seed in order to get a return or a harvest. It also means to scatter, spread, or allocate. All right, and then when it talks about reap, it's talking about to gather as a subsequence or a consequence rather of previous efforts or actions to earn, gain, or obtain. Reap whatsoever a man sows in the seeds that he plants, that shall he also reap. So if you plant an apple tree, don't go looking for oranges. If you're plant collard greens, don't go looking for cabbage. Uh, if you plant some uh, beans in the ground and you're hoping for red beans, don't go looking for butter beans. Uh, whatsoever man soweth that shall he reap. Now, uh, in context, this word is talking about as it relates to how to communicate with the man of God that's teaching you the word, but it also deals with the fact that don't deceive yourself. Why? To believe something 
that God ain't said and that God ain't ordained are as though you can make fun of God and think that you can outswindle him. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall you reap. If you sow to the flesh, then of the flesh you're going to reap. And the scriptures are going to say that. So let me just move on. Verse number 8 talks about, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So there is something you receive from whatever you plant. It doesn't matter. There's going to be a crop, but you don't want a corruptible crop. You don't want a crop that's corrupt or that caters to the flesh. Better is to sow in the spirit so that your return can be spiritual, even ending in life everlasting. The word flesh, it talks about, it just means the physical body with its needs and limitations as opposed to the soul, mind, or spirit. All right? And then it goes on to talk about uh, re-corruption, an undesirable result that is rotten, foul, or decayed. That is the quality of life that you get for sowing corruption in your life, in the world, and to God. All right, uh, and he talks about, but he that souls to the spirit. The spirit is that vital light source of a person that characterizes by quality of existence. In other words, life is not just about living. It's about what quality that you're living in. There are people that commit suicide all the time simply because they don't believe they have a quality of life that's worth continue living for. But when you're in Christ, we seem to think differently because God can do for us what we can never do for ourselves. And so when he talks about eternal in this verse or everlasting, is talking about existing through all time without changing or ending. This is what God has in store for us. This is the promise that he has given us, that when Jesus returns, he receives his own to himself. And what that simply means, existing through all time, eternity, without changing or ending. You'll never die again. You'll never get an age older again or nothing. You will stay as you are in that quality of existence. And not only that, but in talk about everlasting life, it's talking about the quality of living that is differentiated from that which is dead or corrupt. Now, we know anything that dead, uh, will rotten and decay and, uh, and, and it eventually becomes corrupt. You know what I mean? Where it'll downright make you sick for looking at it, uh, especially if you ate anything that's rotten or corrupt. But uh, So God is offering us a healthy and meaningful life if we can sow to the Spirit.
All right. Verse number nine simply says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The word weary means in, in need of rest, weakened and made less active by exhaustion. It's a loss of patience sometimes that being weary can cause. You see a lot of people get angry when they're tired and they get a little grumpy. You know, scripture talks about in due season. Due season, due is talking about awaiting uh, an event proper and appropriate, meeting all necessary requirements. Due, that what is due, all right? And then when we talk about season, it's a limited period during which an action or, or process or conditions takes place. A suitable moment for something to be done. An appropriate time for something to happen. You know, so God said in due season there will be appropriate time for something to happen. A suitable something suitable moment of something to be done and you know and we talking about taking off this old man and putting on a new man we talking about that cholesterol body in return for that celestial body and uh, one that jesus received when the disciples saw him and he was able to appear at certain times listen to this season if we faint not. Faint means to lose hope, courage, or uh, 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 consciousness. Also to become weak or feeble. You know, a lot of times in our faith, we do become weak and feeble and, and, and we lose hope. But God sent Jesus to give us encouragement and help us with the consciousness of believing and knowing that by faith we exist and we can live eternally through Him. Amen? Now we're going to start wrapping this up together because I need you to hear what the supporting scriptures say so that you can understand also. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, Verse number 35 through 37 say, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Alright, so cast not. That word cast means don't throw, toss, sling, or pitch your confidence away. That word confidence is talking about your assurance, your faith, your trust in God. And or guarantee that God has given us something and he will do what he said he will do. All right? And then that recompense of reward, really reward recompense literally means also reward, but it also means payment, benefit, and compensation. We will receive a reward that we've got a crown, but God is talking about payment, benefits, and compensation also. That sounds like God is going to have some stuff for us 
that we're going to so appreciate on the other side when we're talking about kingdom matters. Verse 36 says, For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye may or might receive the promise. A lot of times we become discouraged in this word, world and we lose our patience and we lose heart. Because sometimes it doesn't seem like God is doing everything that God said he would do. But the truth of the matter is God is always present and always with us and always for us. So the scripture talks about for we have need of patience. We need to learn how to wait on God and let him lead us that after we have done his will, he, we, we will receive the promise. You can be assured back that. And verse 37 talks about, for, ye, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. It's talking about the return of Christ here. You know, we have need of patience because he's coming back, and we don't need to get discouraged lose hope, lose heart. We don't need to faint. We need to trust. We need to know that God will do exactly what he said he will do. And then finally, we got 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 58. Verse number 58. And it said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So here is the last supporting scripture that I pinned down in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 58, and it's talking about the believer going back home with the Lord in this particular chapter when it talks about we shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. This uh, body is going to be turned incorruptible. This corruption is going to be swallowed up by incorruption. And uh, we're going to be able to live with God. Yeah, but here are some words. When it said, therefore, my beloved brethren. So first of all, it's talking about believers. It's talking to believers. We call brethren, but the word means our sisters too. Those that uh, love the Lord, those that have received Him as their Lord and Savior, and those that's waiting for His return. So the message is beloved, brother. They put that word of endearment on that. We are the beloved family of God because we are the ones that places our faith in Him. So the encouragement is he calls us the beloved family, children, but then he say, be ye steadfast. That word steadfast means loyal. Be loyal. Constant and reliable. In our faith, we are called to be reliable Christians that are constantly living and expecting an expectation of the return of Jesus Christ to come and get us so that we know we can re be reliable as it relates to uh, our he's coming back to receive us 
and we want to be counted as faithful towards them. We not only want to trust God, but to be reliable means that God can trust you when you're reliable. It's like telling your child to go do something for you and they go get the job done. And every time you tell them to do something, they go get it done. Why? That child is reliable, you know? And I'm hoping that we can be reliable for the Lord also. But it's not only say steadfast, it's talking about unmovable, which simply means when it comes down to our faith, we ought to execute stubbornness, to be stubborn that we ain't never gonna leave God, that we ain't never going nowhere. I mean, all kinds of storms come at us, the devil attacks us on every angle, but everything he does is to make us discouraged, to try to get us to uh, uh, desert God uh, and go back to our lives. But we need to be stubborn, and not only stubborn, but firm about our stubbornness, all right? And, and kind of like a stand-up person, or simply unwavering. You know, every day you don't need to flip-flop. You need to be what God say you are, but what you believe yourself to be. Now, there's going to be some bad days that going to come. There's going to be some bad days. Into each life, some rain must fall, but the sun will shine after a while. So we can be encouraged to lift up our heads and we can be unwavering in our faith. We, every day we go ahead, go ahead, go ahead in the name of Jesus. Not only did it talk to about unmovable, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That word abounding is a great word. It means always striving for excellence towards goodness, to getting closer and closer to Jesus as we get older and older. But not only that, it abounding means to be successful in whatever task that you have ahead of you. In this case, the only task we're talking about is uh, holding on to the faith within our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to be unmovable about that. We need to uh, uh, be striving for that. And it also talks about successful and flourishing and productive. We don't just want to live, but we want to live well. We want to live wholesome. We want to bless God. You know, in order to do that, uh, we grow strong, we strive, we become successful. Then we start flourishing, and before long, you know, we become productive for the kingdom, for God, in the name of Christ. So what to do when you're going through? Well, there are 10 practical principles for living by faith. And again, I say, principle number one is trust in the Lord. And I simply want to tell you guys, if you don't do principle number one, if you don't get that one right, you can forget about the other nine. It's all about your trust, your faith in the Lord. 
and because we have trust and faith in the Lord, then principle number two opens up for us to commit to living by his word. We are called to live by the word of God. Now we get educated in school, we learn arithmetic, history, English, and all this stuff, but we need to learn the word of God and commit to living by it. We still can maintain all that other knowledge and all that other wisdom we have, but the most principal thing is the word of God that we need to commit to. Principle number three, pray without ceasing. In Luke 18, verse one through eight, Jesus said in verse one, men ought to pray always and not faint. Don't give up, don't lose hope. Keep the faith. And then in the eighth verse, he asked the question, but when the Son of Man returned to earth, will he find faith? Man, I gave some careful thought to why Jesus asked that question. I believe the concern is when he returned, there's a lot of people that's not going to be praying, that's not going to be looking for him, that's not going to be expecting him. And a lot of them may be even individuals that's in the church. And that's why he asked the question, but when the Son of Man come back or return, will he find this in operation? What in operation? Pray without ceasing. Amen. Amen. Principle number four, change your focus. You know in this world, we go through situations and circumstances. Some are good, some are bad. Some are nice and some not so nice. Uh, I'm of the persuasion that I understand what the Word of God means, that all those that will live come shall suffer persecution. You know, being a Christian, no matter how faithful you are to the law, it doesn't mean you're not going to be under attack of the devil. There's nobody was more faithful than Jesus was to God and yet he felt under attack. You know what I mean? Three times the, uh, uh, the devil attempted him, but in all three times, all cases, he was victorious, and the devil left him for a season. All right? Change your focus. You can't look at your circumstance all the time because it's your circumstance that sometimes will depress you. Uh, uh, it will disrupt your hope. It will allow you to tear your faith down. So you got to look at things that are not seen. You know, looking unto Jesus. We don't see him in the flesh, but we do see him in the word. And that's why we commit to living by the word. Principle number five, identify your role. You know, all of us have a role to play and kingdom building. And also, we have a road away in tearing the devil kingdom down too. And it's one thing uh, to not know what you're doing, but it's another thing to be able to identify what you're supposed to be doing. And this is what the scripture, I understand, I use the illustration of Moses when we was on this, that he was standing by the Red Sea right in front, didn't know what to do. And God told him, don't just stand there. What's in your hand? He said, my ride. And God told him, stretch it out. Moses, stretch it out. And as he stretched 
that ride out the Red Sea opened up where all the people was able to cross it on dry ground. Pharaoh and them was so encouraged when they seen it, they thought they can do the same, not knowing that Moses would close the Red Sea through the power of God. But he had to identify his role. That's why Moses also is called a deliverer, because he delivered people out of the hands of the enemy. And guess what Jesus would do for us? Deliver us out the hand of the enemy. So we can't keep looking at the enemy. That's why the scriptures say, looking unto Jesus. Change your focus and identify your role. Sometimes God is are not, are you not waiting on God, but sometimes God is indeed waiting on you. And you need to identify what you need to be doing. Principle number six, make necessary assessment. Throughout our whole life, even as Christians, we are always have to be willing to make adjustments, necessary adjustments, so that uh, we can be the person that God wants us to be. Sometimes we got to be tweaked here. Sometimes we got to be tweaked there. God knows when we need to be tweaked, and he knows how to uh, allow things to happen to us, to mature us, because God is strengthening us a lot of times over the stuff we go through. And so we make adjustments sometimes while we in the midst of the storm so that we can have the victory when the storm is over. Principle number seven, commit to the task. Commit to the task. Well, what is that task? Well, whatever it is that God is showing you, you need to do to get through. Uh, 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 commit to the task. It can be many things. Commit to the task. I'm committed right now to sharing this particular word with you guys because God put it on my heart. So I committed to the task to do the time to study, to do the time to put it together. And even if it's together, I want to uh, watch it. I want to look over it and make sure that it's competent because what I'm committed to the task to be the best I can possibly be until Jesus returns and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. All right. Principle number eight says, wait on the Lord. Now, that wait is different from everything else because when you're talking about waiting on the Lord, you, you got to think about the resource that you're waiting on. You got to think about the person where you ever had somebody who was waiting on and never showed up. I bet that person was human. You know what I mean? It was not God. But we as believers, we as Christians, we as children of God, we have to sometimes learn how to wait on them. Or sometimes we're in the midst of a storm. We might be there for a minute. You know what I mean? But you got to know you're waiting on God. Because it's not about our time, it's all about His time. God has a time for everything, or at the very least, He has a season. You know, where He'll do anything and everything. 
I, I'm thinking about the man that was sitting at the, at the pool waiting for the movement of the water. He was waiting for the movement of the water, but he, the Lord came and stood right up before him. And as many times he went to that pool waiting for the move on the water, he failed to get healed because they, every time he went to step in, somebody got in there before him and, and the blessings went to them. But guess what? On that day when Jesus stood in front of him, Jesus told him, take up that bed and walk. The man had been paralyzed for 38 years. He had been paralyzed. For 38 years. There was another uh, lady that had uh, an issue of blood and she purposed within herself. And you got to figure somebody that's uh, lost a lot of blood, they're frail and possibly weak and not strong, but yet she muddled through a crowd to get close enough to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment. She waited till she can touch him. And within herself, she knew if she can but touch the hem of that garment, she can be made whole. Wasn't that something? What have God done for you when you waited on him? You know, uh, there are many testimonies we can give, but waiting on the Lord is a principal thing. You can't get ahead of him. And you don't want to lag too far behind. But there are times you have to learn to wait on the Lord. Principle number nine was monitor your attitude. There's nothing more frustrating than somebody that says they trust in God and believe in their faith and lose hope in the midst of the storm. You know, I've seen people do that, and usually they become very shameful, and, and it's hard for them to forgive themselves for what they do, even though God don't hold stuff against us, but we need to monitor our attitude. That's what the word meant by counting all as joy. You're gonna go through some stuff in this life, but you gotta reckon it, consider it to be all joy. You understand? For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we are called to be joyous people, not happy all the time. Happiness is you know, get happy because something happened for you. But joy, you know, something happens to you. You know what I mean? On the inside, that comes from a whole other place. That don't come from the outside. That comes from the inside. That's what to me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Monitor your attitude. And we just not went through today, principle number 10, which is none other than stay constant. If you're a Christian today, I pray that you're a Christian tomorrow, yeah, even for the rest of your life, that you will serve and commit to living for God and being about his business. Stay constant, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know by faith your labor is not in vain. Guys, 10 practical principles 
for living by faith. What to do when you're going through. Here's some things that you can plug up in your life. And I promise you, you'll be better, stronger, wiser. All because of that. Amen. Would you bow with me in a moment of prayer as we just close out after talking for 10 weeks these 10 practical principles we finally came to a close on this. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, I do thank you, God, for who you are and what you mean to us and how you keep us in spite of us. And God, I thank you for giving me these a long time ago, these 10 practical principles that we should live by. God, and I pray that they would understand and they would hear from you, a word from you, God, as they listen to these messages. God, please, in the name of Jesus, bless the ears of those that heard this message. I pray, God, that you be with them even as you are already for them. God, do the thing that you do. Strengthen God. God, teach, deliver, heal God. Be everything we need you to be in some. God, we trust you. Now, God, as we get ready to separate from another, even this Bible study, God, please, in the name of Jesus, never from you, God. May we always stay close to you. God, I pray for everybody that's hear this message, God, that they know there are things that they could be doing when they're in the midst of the storm. God, please be there for them, even as you have been for many, and certainly you have been for me. Now, God, bless according to your most divine will and purpose. As always, we be ever so careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. As always in the blessing, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray in all the saints say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Guys, I want to be encouraged. We're going to put uh, the message in there. If you want to sow seed to this ministry, you'll be able to do that. Uh, and we are happy fixed up where you'll be able to give if you want to give to this ministry. And certainly, we would always appreciate your help as we labor together for the kingdom while in the kingdom. God bless you and God keep you. Amen? Amen, guys. Be blessed.